the Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast, episode 14. The Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast. It won't make your love life better. It won't make you more successful financially. And it won't make your crappy homemade candy not taste like flea remover. But if you listen carefully, you might just end up a better person. And maybe those other things will follow or not, whatever. And now, the Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast. Before we start today, I want to thank all the listeners out there for putting up with me, interacting with me, and listening to this podcast. This was always meant to be just a fun, time-wasting kind of thing, but I think it's more than that now, and you're all to thank for that. From across Canada to my new friends in the U.S. and, of course, my favorite listener from France who listens every episode, a huge thank you to all of you. I still want to send you stickers, so DM me your postal information to at LifeDisgruntled on Twitter or email me, coach at disgruntledlifecoach.ca, and I send them. I, I will send them. It's my pleasure, honestly. So who are we going to blame today? I mean, we all have problems, we all make mistakes, but how often do we point fingers? Yes, that's a rhetorical question. We all know the answer is too fucking often. But but don't worry, we're not going to point too many fingers today, and maybe we'll give you some strategies to stop that ridiculous blame game. So let's get started. First, let's define what we're talking about. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, blame can be both a noun and a verb, David. As a noun, it is responsible for a fault or wrong, and as a verb, it is to assign responsibility for a fault or a wrong. But if we go a step further, Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines blame game as a situation in which different individuals or groups attempt to assign blame to each other for some problem or failure. We're not going to go too much further with this because I can see you're already tensing up. So just relax. Let's, uh, let's get to some quotations. Firstly, we have Scott Adams, creator and artist of the well-known Dilbert cartoon. He is quoted as saying, The job isn't done until you've blamed someone for the parts that went wrong. Uh, of course, Take that with a grain of salt from the hazy mind of a guy who thinks Antifa was allied with Hitler and who supported Trump all because Scotty liked, I don't know, Trump's talent stack, I think. I'm pretty sure there's another term for it. I think it rhymes with batshit crazy buffoonery, maybe, or something. Still, the quotation is valid, at least for this episode. The next quotation has been attributed to both John Burroughs and John Wooden. And even though Burroughs lived long before Wooden, I'm going to attribute this to Wooden because he was the best, most honest, and most successful basketball coach in NCAA history, winning 10 national titles for the UCLA Bruins in 12 years through the 70s and 60s. The quote in question says, A man can fail many times, but he isn't a failure until he begins to blame somebody else. So if you're thinking you're getting away with something by placing the blame, you may be a failure, or at the very least, a failure in training. But it's not too late. Or it is. I really don't know. 
The final quotation comes from Stephen Schneider, who was a professor of environmental biology and global change at Stanford University, as well as a co-director of the Center for Environmental Science and Policy at the Freeman Spoley Institute for International Studies. He also served as a consultant to federal agencies and White House staff in the Nixon, Carter, Reagan, Bush, junior and senior, Clinton, and Obama administrations. Wow. He famously said, I wish I could blame all my failure on my integrity and refusal to play bullshit games. But the truth is, I just play them really badly. So, you know, this, this last one should really give you some insight into the fallibility of the blame game and how truly great men take a little more than their share of blame and a little less than their share of praise. Words to live by, says me. And, and I'm, a, I'm a fucking life coach. So let's talk a little bit about blame. Firstly, this fits in really clearly with pillar number one, don't make excuses. It's not exactly the same thing, but they're very close. Like if they were cousins, they'd be too close to marry, except in some notable yet unnamed jurisdictions. If you've been listening, and according to my extensive viewing of my statistics, you have not been, alas, you'll remember that in episode two, I said something like, but if you make an excuse to make someone else look shittier than you, that's not an excuse, that's just being a trash human being. And blaming people is like that, but it is complicated. Let's dig deeper into that festering heap, shall we? Before we really start to get into this, I want to clarify something here. There are two times when people blame others. The first is when they've done something or did not do something that they should. And the second is when someone else did something or did not do something that they should. So in which of these instances should you place blame on another party? Yeah, you're right. It's a trick question because the answer is neither. That's correct. Blame is never the answer. But here's the problem. If you blame, it's because you learned to do that, probably from an early age. So it's more automatic. According to an article titled Seven Consequences to Blaming Others for How We Manage Anger, published in Psychology Today by Dr. Bernard Golden, who specializes in working with individuals on anger management issues and wrote the book Overcoming Destructive Anger, Strategies at Work, says this. Blaming others for our anger, whether as individuals or countries, can be traced back in history. It may stem in part from our need to see ourselves as better than we truly are and as not being flawed. Yeah, but guess what? Placing blame doesn't make you less flawed. More importantly, he goes on to say that blaming creates neural pathways that make it easier to blame again and again. So blame as a strategy, needs to stop. It's a cycle that you need to break. But here's the tricky part. The loop may not start and end with you. In a paper published in the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology titled Blame Contagion, the Automatic Transmission of Self-Serving Attributions, Nathaniel Fast and Larissa Tydens put forward the concept of what they call the blame contagion, hypothesis that posits that there exists a propensity for those who witness blame shaming in others to subsequently do the same for their own shortcomings. That's right, by simply witnessing blaming versus taking responsibility, 
individuals were more likely to shift blame for their own personal failings. But it's also important to note that if you try to fix it by always just blaming yourself, there's a road to a dumpster fire down that alley as well. According to an article in Psychology Today by Dr. Shoba Sridhar and Dr. Linda Weinberger, playing the self-blame game can be destructive, although reviewing your actions to determine what went well and what went wrong can be highly beneficial. Getting stuck in self-blame has the potential to be psychologically destructive. So, if someone walks into a room and says, hey, did anyone bring lasagna? And you put up your hand and say, no, I didn't because I'm a lasagna loser. You're self-blaming too much. And also, there's still no fucking lasagna. So how do we fix this? Well, I have some ideas. Well, about the blame game, not the lasagna. So, hmm, lasagna. The first thing to note is that even if someone is to blame for something, that doesn't mean that there's an entirely bad outcome. A situation that ends up less than perfect is exactly the time to address what went wrong, what went right, and how to move forward in a better position. Let's take that lasagna incident once again. Once you know that there was an expectation of lasagna, but no actual fucking lasagna, stand up and say, I know where to get noodles, cheese, and sauce. So if someone here has a kitchen and a lasagna dish, we could make some right now. No blame, just accept the responsibility for moving the plan forward and work with others on a solution. Also, of note, this works if you substitute cake for lasagna as well, just in case you were wondering. Mmm, cake. More importantly, think in terms of responsibility instead of blame, and always, always share it, even if it wasn't you who caused the issues, but especially if it was. In an article written by therapist Anna Gonzalez called Why We Blame Others, she states, change how you view mistakes. Instead of viewing errors as failures to be blamed on others, try to see them as opportunities for self-improvement. By acknowledging your responsibility, you are more able to learn from your mistakes and gain greater control of your life. So, to me, that's the ticket in a nutshell. Whatever happened and whoever had a part in something not working out, share the responsibility as a group. Plan to do better as a group. And stop blaming others uh, and yourself. The blame game will always fester because like a band-aid on a hacksaw wound, it's never really dealt with. But taking responsibility turns it into a positive or at least a work in progress. And isn't that better than a failure in training, as I mentioned earlier? I mean, you, you still might be that, but snap out of it, there's, there's cake to eat. And finally, you have to realize that sometimes shit just happens and it's not anyone's fault, not you, not someone else, no one. Sometimes a business opportunity goes sour because of weather or markets. Sometimes you slip and hit your head. Sometimes your 70s Pinto doesn't explode, it just stops running. In these situations, you may, in fact, have the most room for personal growth because you can't blame, but you have to know how to recognize them as opportunities and, and take them when they're offered. They can be very pow powerful tools if you choose to pick them up.
Okay, so that's it for this episode. As always, I'll leave you with a disgruntled nugget in a moment. But first, I want to thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. I'm on all the major platforms. And please visit www.disgruntledlifecoach.ca for all my episodes. Yes, you heard me, dub, 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 whatever. Please also follow me on Twitter, at Life Disgruntled. There's a link on my website. And please request some stickers. They're fun, free, and they don't cause measles, OCD, or bad jokes, probably. Also, if you like what you've heard today, tell your friends. If you think this is ridiculous, still tell your friends. I mean, how hard is that? Disgruntled nugget. It has been said that people blame themselves for the purpose of being praised. However, Francois de la Rochefoucauld once also said, some blames are actually praise, and some praises are actually blame. But then I read where Dante points to one of his circles of hell and describes those existing there as the sad souls of those who lived without blame and without praise. So it seems sometimes we blame to be praised and sometimes the praise we get is blame. And if we are doomed for all time, then we are neither blamed or praised or something. I don't know. Whatever. Again, thanks for listening. And thanks also to Audionautics and Partners in Rhyme for music and sound effects. Thanks again to Neatnik for visuals. And thanks for your patience. See you in two weeks. Or not. Whatever. <laughs>